What's wrong with this church? You got too much Jesus. The devil hates people that's got too much Jesus. All the songs had Jesus' name in it. Come on, just put your hands up and just love Jesus. You, 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 you proved it. Jesus, Jesus. No rival. <laughs> Darkness. <laughs> he turns. He turns our night into day. Oh God, we love you. 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 We let's just make love with Jesus right now in our own words. Not go oh, Father, we love you. We thank you for your grace, your goodness, your mercy. We thank you. We thank you that you love us. No matter what the devil says about us, we know you love us. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We love you. We love you. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. You may be seated. I want to correct uh, Pastor John. I wasn't uh, really married that long, but uh, I don't like lies. And I went to get my car repaired. And the sign said, we've had 150 years repairing Oldsmobiles. And I said to the manager, true story, that's a lie. They didn't have Oldsmobiles 150 years ago. He said, in the aggregate, that mechanic 20 years, that mechanic 30 years, in the aggregate. I don't even know what he meant by aggregate, but I figured if he could do it, I could do it. And he said, how long have you been married? I said, 160 years. <laughs> In the aggregate. What is the aggregate? But anyways, I thank God for the privilege of coming back to this great church. This is a great church. This is a great church. And I want to tell you right now, not because I say it, because the Lord says that this church is going to be infamous the world over. It's going to be the greatest devil-stomping church. It's going to be the means of revival hitting in every county and city in Texas and out to the world. A revival that is not just a period of, you know, like uh, the, the what we call the Jesus movement or the healing movement or this movement or that movement and even Azusa Street. There's a revival coming the hundreds of thousands and millions of people that have been praying. Uh, I want you to know prayer changes things and changes people. And see, what you've got to understand, this church has changed a lot from its origin. <laughs> and people say, oh, we don't like change. Listen, when the pain of remaining the same is greater than the pain of change, you're going to change. And this is God's way. He moves us. He, he gives us. And by the way, I said in the first service uh, Saturday that, and, and this is the name of the game is change. He's changing us, and it's a constant. I mean, everybody has to change from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from victory to victory, from trouble, <laughs> trial and failure, mistakes, and, and all of that. God transforms. He changes. 
and he transitions. Your best days as a church are ahead. The best days as the church, and not only this church, but the church worldwide is going to see a visitation. And I have the, I have the guarantee from God that this revival isn't going to be short-lived 30 years, 20 years. It's going to be till Jesus comes back. Somebody shout hallelujah. Till every nation, tribe, and tongue has had a chance to hear the gospel. I'm not saying the whole world will be saved, but the whole world will be reached. He made a promise. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached into all the world for a witness with signs, wonders, miracles, conversions, blessings, outpourings. But he said, and then the end will come. How many want the end to come? <laughs> well, you want the end to come if you're ready. If you've transitioned, if you've been changed, I don't want the end to come and me be unfinished. <laughs> he that begun a good work in you will bring it complete to his purpose and your future. Your future certain. Your future certain. You know, I, I needed a wife. I was traveling as an evangelist, but I was young. And then they bring in a polio cripple. The doctor said she'd never walk again. And the ushers would hold her. She had crutches and braces. And um, I, I didn't want to pray for the sick that night. The building was packed. They had the furnace too hot. I was in a bad mood. I was an old guy. I was about, what was I? She was 14, the girl that had polio. She was 14. And I'm five years older. Am I five years old? Not really. And so I was in a bad mood. And I said, I'm just going to pray for headaches today. And then they brought this cripple in. And I said, headaches? He said, you didn't heal anybody last night. Pray for her. So I prayed for her. Told her, you know, prophesied. Said, throw your crutches down. You're going to walk clear to the back of the building. Her mother went clear to the back of the building and left her. And she had to walk to her mother, and she walked without a limp perfectly. Her leg grew around an inch and a half. <laughs> they went home and measured it. Listen, while she was walking, I heard something like, there's your wife. I said, I rebuke you, Satan. I'll pick my own wife. No. <laughs> God picked her. Hallelujah. And she chased me until I found her. <laughs> God did such, honey, take the mic and sing about Jesus. Hallelujah. Give her a microphone. Just, could you stand up here and come here? Hallelujah. You can do it. You can walk. Hallelujah. Praise God. She said a, 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 just a real, 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 real uh, Sickness and disease that attacked her. She's on her way up. Hallelujah. I dreamed I went to that city called glory. So bright and so fair. When I entered the gates, I cried, holy. The angels all met me up there. They carried me from mansion 
to mention and oh the sights I saw but I said I want to bow down and give praise to the one who died for all then I bowed on my knees and cried Holy, 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 holy. Yes, I clap my hands and sing glory, glory. Glory to the Son of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dell. Thank you, Dell. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, amen. I'd preach. I might just jump a little bit. Glory to God. I just feel the power of God's love and grace and glory here in this church. I am so proud of you people to see that you're launching out at the worst possible time in the history of your life with pandemics and academics and everything else. You are going to enter into that church in just a few weeks that God has given you where is going to be the greatest outpouring of the Spirit of God that's ever been in Texarkana or Texas. And it's going to be one of the churches that will be the church that will bring glory to God in the nations of the earth and all over the world. And young people are going to be saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and and schooled in the Bible and schooled in ministry. You're going to be taught. And older people are not going to say, well, we're going to let the young people do it. And I don't like the idea that the young people are going to take over and push us older folks out. You need us older folks. I hope and pray that I come back here someday and I'm 100 years old. <laughs> All right. And not because he's my son-in-law, but he knows something about big buildings. He moved from our little chapel that only seated about 90 people. He moved us into a 97,000-square-foot building. I went on vacation in Hawaii. <laughs> he had everything boxed and everything labeled and everything moved. And... Uh, I saw in him a desire to know the Lord and to serve the Lord. And uh, I didn't even know his name, but he was putting up the chairs in our auditorium in that big building, putting up chairs, folding, long before the deacons came to church. John was there, and I didn't know him. And, you know, he didn't introduce himself to me. And he, I went, he was on his knees praying. In pre-service prayer, we, we prayed an hour before service. We prayed uh, 
we prayed. The staff had to pray 30 minutes a day. We know now. We believed in prayer. And the thrilling thing is I heard John say, this room is a 24-hour prayer room. <laughs> and it's going to be busy. Hallelujah. People praying. And so I just knelt down beside him, and I said, what is your name? And he said, I'm Don, and I'm over at the Moffat Field. I'm in the Navy. And I found in the phone book your church. And, and I said, but you're putting up chairs? That's the deacon's job. He said, well, it had to be done. <laughs> and so he was working around the church. And I thought, that guy is going to go somewhere in the kingdom of God, in the Navy. And now he's in a strange church. And he's already finding a place to work. And, and uh, God gave you the best when he gave you John and my, I mean my daughter. Hell, he gave you the best. Praise God. If you don't want them, we can take them back to San Jose. We sure need them. Now, I want to I preach to you. What, what, saying this in the time like now sounds almost irreverent. But I'm going to preach on trouble is good. And I have to do it because it's the worst time in my lifetime. Now, I'm a depression baby. I was born during the Depression. And when I was three years old, I stood in line with blocks of people standing in line for bread, to eat bread. The Depression was so bad. The Kenneth Tracy family, there were nine children lived in 500 square feet behind my daddy's music store. Nine children. And uh, with my mother and father, that's 11 in 500 square feet. We were poor, and we needed help. And they had bread lines. I know what depression is. I know what trouble is. I know, I know what sickness is. I know all of these things. And yet, I have to tell you, in the worst time in the history of America right now, the worst fires, the worst floods, the worst storms, the worst tornadoes, the worst economy, the worst of everything that has hit us in the last few years. This has been the worst in the history of America and the history of the world. And you say you're going to preach on trouble is good? Well, it sure waken us up to the fact that we need God. We need God. The government can't do it. Come on now. Man can't do it. Socialism can't do it. Communism can't do it. We need God. Put your hands up and say, I need you, God. I need you. How oh, I need you. I need you. I need you. Oh, I need you, God. You know what? I'm so glad I can say he got me and I got him. Hallelujah. And he walks with me and he talks with me. My text is a scripture in uh, the book of Exodus. And it's, uh, it's just one short little verse. It's Exodus. If she puts it on the screen there, I'll read it. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew, and they were in the dread of the children of Israel. Many translations say that they became stronger than the trouble, than the enemy, than they became the ones that scared the enemy. And actually, the enemy 
dreaded them. The church, hear me, the church is God's best, hear me, his best creation. There's nothing any better than the church. Well, the church is the body of Christ. So it's Christ in his church, Christ in his people. And the church is above and been, <laughs> just, just everything that God has done, he's done wonderful. Everything he's done is good. But he made the church, and it was God's intention that the church would be the power, would be the light that would bring the gospel to all the heathen, to all the world, and the church would have the power to bind and loose and trample on the devil and bring God's power to where it can be visibly demonstrated that God is God. Hallelujah. He doesn't need proof, but the world needs proof. And when they look at you, when they look at me, and they see transformed lives and changed lives. Did you notice every song you sang? I don't know if you knew that every song you sang, I've preached it already in the last two services. You're talking about change. You're talking about being transformed and, 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 and being different. This is what God wants to hold up the church. Here's what I believe. He wants to show the world, the church, this is my masterpiece. I've taken fools. I've taken wicked people. I've taken drunkards. I've taken dope addicts. I've taken homosexuals. I've taken wife beaters. I've taken prostitutes. I've taken people that had no conscience. I've taken people that were mean and stingy and selfish. I've taken them. And they came and received me into their heart, and we were transformed. And now they're new creatures. They're new creation. Look at my church. I believe God's proud. Look at my church. I call the church my bride. Wow, the bride of Christ. And I'm telling you, God is not he is not finished with the beauty, with the perfecting, with the strengthening of his masterpiece. He wants to hold in Revelation, it literally says, here they are, those that keep my commandments. Here they are, those that love me. Here they are. Look at them. This is my masterpiece. Hallelujah. No more. No more. You sang about it. The blood has given you a whole new identity, a whole new nature, a whole new personality. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, I'm just seeing things in the spirit of God. Those things that seem to be out of your reach, those things that you've claimed and, and desired and you seem like it's never going to happen, I've come. That's why I come to tell you it's going to happen. My, my daughter has preached to me since I've been here, and she's putting her finger on me because she's prayed some prayers, and they haven't yet been answered, but she says they're going to be. She, well, she won't give up. And I'm not telling her to shut up because 
What she wants is what God wants. And God don't need your approval to do what he wants to do. <laughs> How many approve what God wants to do? I do. And so it says, the more they were afflicted, the more they grew and the more they expanded. Trouble couldn't stop them. All of their threatening and all of their beatings and all of their enslavement and making brick without straw and making them and treating them, you know, as if they're nobodies. And, and there were the apple of God's eye there with God's chosen people. But it took trouble <laughs> to get them to recognize that God who started something, they, they could have made it in 12 days, but it took 40 years because they kept doubting, kept wanting to go back to the onions and the garlic and back to, to slavery. And God wanted them to be free. And God wanted them to understand that freedom comes with a relationship. It comes with understanding that they have to serve the one that's going to free them and love them. And so God did this thing. The trouble came. And uh, it didn't destroy them. They grew. They grew. All through the Bible, I can give you incident after incident where the worst things happen. Here's, you know, the worst things that happen. Here they're, they're, they're in a boat, and the boat's sinking, and a, and, and a guy named Peter said, Lord, if that's you walking on water, tell me I can do it. Well, Jesus just said, come. One word. Everybody say, come. Now, come on. You believe that story. You believe that story. My other daughter, not Linnell, she was three years old sitting next to her grandmother, my mother-in-law, and I was saying, Peter got out of the boat and walked on water. She's three years old. And she said, don't, don't believe that, Nana. I tried to walk on water in the bathtub. <laughs> and that's what some of the smart believers supposedly. When you hear what God says he's going to do, you come up with, it can't be done. Peter had one word, come. And he got out of that boat. And he was doing good. <laughs> he was walking on water, and then a big wave hit him, and he lost his faith. And he began to sink, but he knew something. He cried out to God. He said, God, get me, hold me, help me. <laughs> Jesus took him gladly back into the boat. The thing is, why would he allow them to go into a boat in the middle of a storm and, 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 and expect them to be happy so he could prove that he is all-powerful and almighty, and that whatever he says that they can do, they can do. Whatever he says they can become, they can become. Come on now, they had to have real-life illustrations, and that's what I wanted as a young boy. You know, I found a picture yesterday, uh, just before getting on the plane, of all of the great men of God and, and that I got to meet. I don't know who took the picture and how I got it, 
But, but, but the greatest man, and I won't mention their name, it's not important, except I wanted what they had. I saw blind eyes open. I wanted to see blind eyes open. I saw, I saw people that were crippled walk. I saw cancers actually drop off, and they had to pick it up and scour the, the spot. And I said, that's what I want. I want to see God do that. And I had a longing and a crying out to God. And we had a church downtown. I was a member of the Oakland Revival Tabernacle. And I said to the pastor, Dr. Laurie, can I pray? And the prayer, I was only about 14 or 15. I said, can I pray all night? I've got some friends here in your church, and we would just pray. He said, oh, I can't trust you in this building. I mean, it'd, it'd be, yeah. I said, I promise you. We, we started all night prayer meetings. Do you know what we were praying for? To do what Jesus said. These signs shall follow them that believe. Come on, hallelujah. So, so you have to practice what you want to see happen. And what I did was I got my guitar and went on a street corner, used the fire plug as, as the pulpit. I stood behind that fire plug, and I began to sing, God is real. Yes, God is real. And, uh, and you know, people began to gather. They saw the little skinny teenager singing on the top of his lung, God is real. And uh, uh, I, I started praying. And, oh, God, I want miracles. I want to see people saved and healed. And I just keep praying. And then I thought, what a stupid thing this must appear to be people right downtown in the most busy part of Oakland, California, seeing this little boy praying. And then I got scared to open my eyes. But when I did, there was 50,000 people. Well, there was 50, but it was like a crowd. I preached, and I preached, and here come against a bunch of pachucos, about 10 pachucos. Pachucos wore their Levi's. They hadn't washed them in 16 years, you know, and they had, they had their hair cut a certain way, and they heard me preaching, and they said, we're going to get you. And they had tire chains and these knives, that switchblade knives, because they thought I was running down Catholics. I said, it isn't Mary, and it isn't the saints, but it's Jesus Christ who died. And they thought I was knocking. I learned better. I learned better when they threatened my life. <laughs> so I started preaching. I preached for three hours and 12 minutes because they were going to get me. But that was too long for them. They ended up kneeling down on the curb, receiving Jesus Christ as their safe. Come on, come on, come on, come on. You've, you've come too late to tell me that it won't happen. It will happen if you really, really, really want it to happen. God will use you, and God will open doors and give you opportunities to see the miracle of God. So the next day, all of those pachucos came back. For nine weeks, I stayed on that corner. But the second day, a drunkard came staggering, and he was going back and forth. Everybody knew him on that corner. He was, all, he was a wino. He was a drunkard, and he was disturbing me. But I didn't let anybody know he was disturbing me. And the patookas grabbed him and started punching him out. I said, no, no, no. You got saved last night. You don't punch anymore. Punch the devil, but don't punch him. I line up before God. The last time I saw that man, 
He was shaved, no vomit on his shirt. He had a guitar on his neck. He's on the same fire plug corner preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, 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 come on. I'm telling you, you can be what God says you can be. You can do what God says you can do. You can receive what God says you are to receive. You can receive miracles. Now, I don't want to talk about myself. I just want to talk about you. God's changing you. Some of you may have financial problems. God's changing you. Some of you might have difficulties in your marriage. God's changing you. Some of you might have difficulties with your neighbors. Maybe the dogs, you know, did something on your porch. Uh, listen, maybe you're being tried. Maybe, maybe you're not pleasing your boss. There's just all kinds of trouble. All kinds. And what? God's going to use every one of those negatives to bring you up closer to him. Come on. You're going to just lay that out before him. You're going to say, this is the way it is, and this is the way, God, you can take it and make something good. How many believe that? Do you believe that about God? Do you believe that about God? My wife, they said she will be totally, she will never be normal again. She's normal. I mean, she buttons my shirt. She ties my shoe. No, no, she's just normal. She doesn't act like the doctors and the medical people said she'll never be normal again. And you see, she can still sing. And she can still cook. And uh, the trouble's been good. For me, it's brought me so close to God. I've, I've always been a prayer, but I can say for the last four years, I'm up every single day without asking God. At five o'clock, I'm up. I was up today, got to bed at midnight. I was up at four today. The spirit of prayer, trouble is good, everybody. He brings you closer to God. But the trouble will end. Come on. You reach that point of trust and confidence in God. It will pass. My favorite scripture is it came to pass. <laughs> you will not live the rest of your life with the problem. The problem is pushing you into change, into transformation, in the stronger faith with more, more, and more of God. You will have the victory. Put your hands up and say, I will have the victory. I will win over the demonic forces that have tried to destroy me. Thank you, Jesus. Any situation that is negative, there is a positive. God never quits on a negative. Never quits on a negative. Never quits. He who hath begun a good work will finish it. Until what? Until the day he comes. Hallelujah. I'm certain. I'm certain. God will see you through. And me through any difficulty. 
any problem. Any, yes, sir, right here, I'm telling you, you're in line for a big miracle. What's your name? Time for a big miracle. Something you've been really needing for God to do. And God's going to do it. Hallelujah. To bring glory to him. And it'll be exciting. You say, well, that isn't the worst thing that ever happened to me. God is going to make himself real in a way like you've never seen. Hallelujah. Your face is going to just be one big explosive smile. Hallelujah. Victory, victory, victory. Everybody shout victory, 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 victory. How many do want to change? I'm not satisfied. You say, you ought to be satisfied. You have 70 years of ministry. No, I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied. Why? Because I want 70 more years, but I'll take whatever he gives me. Hallelujah. This idea of people wanting to walk me up to the pulpit, holding on to me. I'm not old. I'm not old. I'll, I'll put makeup on. I don't know what I should do to look young. I want to tell you that God is not through with you. None of you. None of you are discards. None of you does he say, I don't need you. He needs you, but you need him more. Hallelujah. And you can, you can be what you are, and that is a light. You are the light of the world. He was the light when he walked on the shores of Galilee, walked in the cities, walked into the temple. But the church of Jesus Christ is the light and the salt. Hallelujah. So, therefore, when they say the worst is yet to come, I've read my Bible. I've read it through. I want to tell you something. The five things that you see in Second Chronicles, the seventh chapter, the five things you'd see if my people, which are called by my name, you know, you could quote that. I can give you the exact words of that in five kings. The worst confusion, the worst mix-up, the worst struggles and trials happening, the worst until God said, I'm going to ah, wipe them out. The king started praying the same word. I seek your face. Another king said, I humbled myself. And they quoted exactly without reading Chronicles. They quoted and did exactly what Chronicles said. And God sent revival at the worst time in the history of their kingdom. Revival came and God changed everything. Come on, put your hands up, everybody. God, put them up, put them up. Say, Lord, change America. Change the world. Change Texarkana. Change my family. Change the unsaved. Change the backsliders. Change the indifferent one. Change the one that are full of confusion. Hallelujah. Change is coming. Say it. Change are coming. Look at somebody say, change is coming. Change is coming. You haven't arrived yet. You're not there yet. You're not where you're going to be. It's going to get better. Come on, hallelujah. It's going to get better. You're going to be happier. You're not going to look like 6 o'clock. You're going to have a smile on your face. You're going to, yeah, 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 yeah. You're going you're gonna to look like 9.15. When the clock is 9.15, show your teeth. Come on, everybody smile. you got to smile. And, well, why do you have a smile? Don't you know epidemic? Or what is it, pandemic? Whatever it is. I don't know what it is. Whatever it is, 
I got a smile. Hallelujah. I put the mask on over my eyes and I couldn't walk. And I found out you're supposed to put it over your nose. But anyways, you are letting the devil win when you allow yourself to have a frown and you have that look of death warmed over. You are a child of God that you should have the light and the glory showing in your face. <laughs> yes, I'm not making fun of trouble. I'm telling you, trouble may be good because it will cause you to be more dependent upon God and love God. I can give you a hundred illustrations in the Bible, but you know, you've read them. Peter, I love him. You know, he walked on water. But you know what Jesus said? Thou art Simon. You should be called a stone. You're going to change. God is changing you. So I'm telling you prophetically, God is changing you. You are going to be powerful in the prayer life, in your testimony, in your marriage, in, 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 in your business. You're going to let the light of God. And you say, how come you're so successful? First thing you'll say is, Jesus, come on. Jesus gives all the credit. He is everything. Oh, put your hands up and praise God a little bit. Praise God for a minute or two. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I want to ask you a question. How many people really desperately need a miracle? Stand up right now. You, you need a miracle. You need a miracle. I, I, feel, I feel like just going... Going, going for big things today. You need a miracle. But if it's your job, if it's unemployment, that you need to get a, a job. If you need, if you need help in your marriage, if problems are happening with your children, if your children are on drugs, if 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 they're in jail, whatever the problems are, stand up because we got a big God. We got a big God. We got a great God. Oh, hallelujah. All, all the elders and leaders of the church, run up here. All the elders and the leaders of the church, we're going to pray a big prayer. We've got, we've got over two, 300 people, maybe 400 people standing, needing a big miracle. So I'm going to have help. Glory to God. Come on, come on. All the leaders of the church, get up here. Even young, the younger leaders, come. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. Glory to God. Hands raised and keep them raised. Keep them raised. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Now, Father, we are in agreement. The pastors, the leaders of this congregation, we have hundreds of people needing a miracle, different kinds of miracles, financial miracles, healings, deliverances, fear, worry, dread, anxiety, insomnia, blood pressure problems, heart problems, physical disabilities. Oh, God, some are sad. Some are worried. Some are losing their sense of balance. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, everybody say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, out of here, every demon spirit. Every spirit of infirmity, every spirit of fear. God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. God!
God is coming now in power and demonstration. Start shouting as if you got it done. Start shouting as if it's done. Start giving God the glory before it happens. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I don't hear you. I don't hear you. Give him glory. Give him honor. Give him thanks. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, your pastor has a way of talking. Take it from here. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, he has a way of sensing this thing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not bad for 88, huh? <laughs> I have a, a war that rages inside me. The Bible says that we're to pray for our leaders so we can live what? A quiet and peaceable life. But yet oftentimes, for the great impactful moves of God, we've got to go through the storms of life. We've got to go through the troubles. I've been staring at his, put his text back up there for three services now. I've been staring about the struggle produces faith. The more they afflicted them, the more they grew. So how could that be possible? It's supernatural. God told Paul the apostle, he said, I want you to get on a ship and you're going to Rome. And Paul told the wise sailors, he told the owner, everybody, we can't go now because we're going to lose this ship. But they didn't listen to him. How many know the voice of the Christian is excluded in society today? But they got out on that ocean, and the waves started rocking and rolling, and it destroyed the ship. And as the ship was about to be destroyed, an angelic visitation the night before came to Paul. He had to endure weeks on the sea of storm. But then in one night, the angel didn't appear to the captain. The angel didn't appear to the sorcerer. The angel appeared to Paul, the man of God, and said, don't be afraid. You and this whole ship are going to be saved. And the next day, they know they're about to run into an island, and they're scared they're going to crash. So they, they, some of the sailors get on their uh, uh, skiffs to leave. And Paul said, don't let them go. Everybody's going to stay. And then they listen to the man of God. It took the crisis for the world to see that you can't make it without God. You see, we are building our lives on a rock. We're not building our lives on sinking sand. We're not building our lives on shifting sand. The Bible says that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But how many know we are on the unshakable rock, which is Christ? And I don't know about you, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future in his hands. And you can leave this place with confidence knowing today that my tomorrows may be filled with difficulty, but they're more filled with God. And because they're filled with God, I can face it, and God's going to accomplish his will in and through me. Come on, give the Lord a good hand today. He's worthy of our praise. Give Apostle C a big hand. He did a great job. Very inspiring today. Here's how we're going to close today. We're going to close with a song, and then we'll dismiss. 
I'm going to ask our prayer team just linger around the front. During this song, if you need prayer for anything, you can come up and someone will pray for you. Uh, maybe you find yourself under extreme pressure when he was talking about a need of a miracle and you want someone to lay their hands on you and pray for you. We'd be happy to do that. But maybe you're here today and say, Pastor, my greatest need is just to get right with God. I've been wandering away from God. I'm not close to God in my life, and I want to get close to God. Maybe you're here today and say, Pastor, my great need is for God's forgiveness. Listen, we'd like to be a vehicle to pray with you for you to experience the forgiveness of God and the goodness of God. So if during this prayer, if you want to commit your life to Christ, you come and we'll pray for you as well. I want to encourage you when you do leave today, we've got four exits, two in the back, two in the front. Do your best to social distance. Uh, they'll, uh, ushers will be there if you have your offering, your tithe and offering, you want to drop it off there. And I want to ask you to do this too. The Bible says that those that uh, preach the gospel live from the gospel, which simply means that the church take care, takes care of her ministers. And if you'd like to give a love offering to our speaker today, just write Apostle C on it or uh, however you give, Apostle C or love offering, we'll make sure that he gets that. But in this next moment or two during this last song, this prayer can literally change your future. So let me encourage you as we're singing, you need prayer, you come. I love you. Thank you for being here. So feel free to be dismissed at any point. We just pray that you'd have a blessed day today.